3: this is armstrong and Getty. why are you here today? we choose
4: truth over facts
3: uh, i don't understand what you're saying no one knows what it means but it's provocative all right go go spare us
4: the theatrics behave
3: yourselves
0: you're listening to the best of the armstrong and getty show Matt Taibbi out with a new piece. Um, I don't always agree with everything he's got to say, but I really like his uh, his style. And uh, he is a over the age of 50 liberal, which seems to be a thing now. Has a different point of view Clearly. than the younger liberals. Yeah. Anyway, he's uh, writing today. He's concerned about the news yesterday when Facebook announced that it's going to pull QAnon stuff off of its platform. And he's concerned uh, that the big tech platforms are going too far with censorship. And I'll just read a little bit from his piece today. For all this, the Q ban pulls the curtain back on one of the more bizarre developments of the Trump era. The seeming about face of old school liberals who were once the country's most faithful protectors of speech rights. Bring up bands of QAnon or figures like Alex Jones. He gives some other examples and you'll likely hear that the First Amendment rights of companies like Facebook and Google are paramount. We're frequently reminded there's no constitutional issue when private firms decide they don't want to profit off the circulation of hateful, dangerous, and possibly libelous conspiracy theories. Fair enough. That argument is easy to understand, but it misses the complex new reality of speech in the Internet era. It is true that the First Amendment only regulates government bans. However, what do we call a situation when the overwhelming majority of news content is distributed across a handful of tech platforms And those platforms are openly partners with the federal government and law enforcement in particular. In my mind, the argument became more complicated in 2017 when the Senate Intelligence Committee dragged Facebook, Twitter and Google to the Hill and essentially ordered them to come up with a mission statement explaining how they would prevent the fomenting of discord.
3: Wow, Pla- is that straight out of Beijing? Yeah, no kidding. Yikes, disharmony in society. Platforms that
0: previously rejected the idea that they were editing and, and in the editing business. We're a tech company, not a media company, said Mark Zuckerberg just a year before in 2016 after a meeting with the Pope. Soon we're agreeing to start working together with Congress, law enforcement, and government-affiliated groups like the Atlantic Council. And they pledged to target foreign interference, discord, and other problems. He puts discord in quotes. Their decision might have been accelerated by a series of threats to increase regulation and taxation on the platforms. With... uh, Uh,
3: Yes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Whatever the reason for the about-face, the tech companies now work with the FBI in what the Bureau calls private sector partnerships, which involve strategic engagement, including threat indicator sharing. Does any of this make private bans of content a First Amendment issue? The answer I usually get from lawyers is probably not. But it's not clear-cut, and he goes on to explain that in uh, long detail,
3: as his pieces are always long. But you can see where the problem lies. So clearly written. I mean, that's that's a great explanation. The one thing he left out, perhaps he gets to it a little bit later on, is these same tech companies that control a vast amount of the news information that's taken in the U.S. are also bribing government officials with millions and millions and mil- hundreds of millions of uh, dollars of campaign contributions and political action committees and the rest of it. So as they are bribing the government officials for policy that is favorable to them, the government officials are then coming to them and saying, uh, coming to the tech companies and saying, hey, look, uh, you can do us a favor, too. Uh, how about you crack down on this, that, and the other? And and as these companies, and we've seen it, private companies, are, especially now in the, the era of gigantic federal government, private companies rise and fall. They uh, profit or they suffer based on the whims of government policy. And so that government official comes to them and says, "Hey, you can do us a favor too. Crack down on this, that, and the other." And it doesn't matter if Mark Zuckerberg or, or, or Google or whatever finds it somewhat uh, um, sickening what they're being asked to do, they got to do it. Uh, so yeah, they become effectively the censorship arm of the government. That's a great point by tie.
0: Right. And well, and the fact that they changed their tune after the threat of you know higher taxation, that would have really damaged their whole model is a, 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 little, <laughs> a, little, a little bothersome. You think? And, you know, the term, it's its amazing how willingly we all, and I've seen it on all political sides, we're all willing to go along with censorship when it's censoring the other side that we don't like. Yeah, that was a point I was just about to we make. We so yep. quickly go along with, well, Trump is evil and QAnon, you know, banning that is okay. All right. They're letting the government tell them what uh, what is okay and what is not to print. Right. That doesn't bother you? Yeah. Because what's the next thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tea Party. Tea Party is a dangerous group, probably uh, in bed with Russia, so better not really? let their uh, stuff be on there. I'll read a little more here. One, another paragraph from Matt Tybee. The biggest long-term danger in all this is always centered on the unique situation of media distribution now being concentrated in the hands of such a relatively small number of companies. Instead of breaking up these oligopolies or finding more transparent ways of dealing with speech issues, there exists now a temptation for governments to leave the power in these opaque behemoth companies intact and appropriate their influence for their own sake. So the so originally, you know, the argument was, uh, is it okay to have them have this much power in a couple of companies? Now, Matt Tybee's saying the government's decided, no, I like it being in the hands of just a couple, three people exactly. that we can threaten and make them go along with whatever our rules are for we can control sowing them. discord, whatever right. that means. Yeah, exactly. So, I wish we didn't have to talk about this part of the holiday season, but it's just true. There's always a rise in break ins during the holidays. And it's why Simply Safe Home Security is having this huge holiday sale right now 50% off any Simply Safe system with a free security camera. Now, you've heard us talk about Simply Safe, and part of the reason it's called Simply Safe is it's simple to use, it's simple to set up. Uh, it takes you about 30 minutes to set it up. It's super easy. You can do it yourself. But you might think, well, okay, it's kind of a light version of security then no it's it's the best in fact it's the best home security of 2020 according to u.s news and world report it won the cnet editor's choice for home security and was named best of 2020 by forbes and popular mechanics so it's great you set it up in 30 minutes then the security specialists take over monitoring your home around the clock ready to send emergency help the moment there's an alarm get 50 percent off simply safe plus a free security camera today by visiting simplysafe.com/armstrong deal expires friday simplysafe.com/armstrong
3: so you can't be cynical enough and you must study history i know you're busy you got stuff to do here's why every both sides always will claim that what the the power they want to exercise is for good i mean it's it's so oversimplified you think yeah we know dumb dumb but n- notice it it's always uh, keeping a discord out or harmony in society or rooting out hate speech or the rest of it. The entire, virtually the entire history of censorship in the 20th century came from the right. It came from conservative America. And some of it is outrageous. You ought to read about it. It's worth it. The arbitrariness of it, the incredible power to censor in very very few hands
0: go to the uh what's it called in seattle that uh, Jimi hendrix experience rock and roll thing they got there which yeah, i actually
3: museum is, of popular culture whatever it is which
0: i actually liked better than the rock and roll museum in cleveland but anyway they've got the entire layout of when the government was going after the song louis louis yes that is hilarious yeah Wait, what what <laughs> Well, nobody and, knew what the words were, and they were afraid it was some sort of message from communists to young people to do drugs or something. And they've got all the like FBI actual,
3: you know, uh, the, the the memos, letters and, back yeah, then, memos yeah, and letters yeah. on this
0: topic, and it's hilarious.
3: Yeah, Judy and I actually we uh, were there when they had a giant display on uh, comic books and comic book heroes and stuff like that. Neither one of us is really into it, but I was reminded of especially in the nineteen 19- 40s and then 50s how it was thought that comic books were ruining America's youth because they were reading comic books instead of uh, you know serious literature and the rest of that and there was a giant government led crackdown on comic books how and crazy does that seem it, now it was like uh, you know the ratings for motion pictures they they tried to get comic books out of kids hands but it's in earlier in the 20th century i won't bore you to death with this but they're there was a guy in Boston whose name I don't recall, but he was the incredibly powerful arbiter of what could be sold and published in Boston. And he uh, was well-connected. There was a lot of respect, the rest of it. And he be- became, this one guy, the de facto censor for the United States of America. If it was banned in Boston, perhaps a phrase you've heard before, and that's this is where it comes from, it could not be published and put on the shelves of American bookstores or libraries, coast to coast. And it was all conservative um. A censorship. And I think some of it was was uh, fairly justified, but like all censorship and Taibbi makes this point like all censorship. It always goes too far. But here's my ultimate point. This is why we have this incredible gift from the founding fathers and the gods of the Constitution. We don't care how pure your motives are. We don't care how honorable you are. We don't care how insidious you find the other side. You don't get to go beyond the Constitution because it's not about goodness and and light and caring and eliminating hate. It's about power. And the power was on the right. In the 20th century, they went way too far in censorship. Now the power seems to be on the left and they're going to go way too far in this, in censorship. Don't even listen to the, we need safe spaces. That's not free speech. That's hate speech. I don't feel safe on. Don't even listen to that. You don't get to censor.
0: Let me read that first paragraph again because it's so good. For all this, the Cuban pulls the curtain back on one of the more bizarre developments of the Trump era, the seeming about-face of old-school liberals who were once the country's most faithful protectors of speech rights. Same yep. could be said for journalism, you yep. know, for good, honest journalism. That used to be a thing that uh, lefties cared about, but they threw it out with Trump. The rules don't apply anymore. We need to do whatever we've got to do to get him out. Well, you know, once you start down that road, things get really ugly
3: really fast. Yep. Yep. Once you give up your honor, you can't get it back. And now the cadres of Maoist radicals in America's newsrooms that uh, uh, might makes right, the ends justify the means. Your old school Matt Taibbi principles are in the way of the resistance. Okay. I suggest, folks, you resist the resistance if you want to hang on to your constitutional rights. Check out the great new swag like the new masks at armstrongandgetty.com.
0: You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: Armstrong and Getty. This
2: is the best of Armstrong and Getty.
4: You know, I don't really notice fans uh, when the game's going on, but uh, warming up and practice before game, I mean, for me, it's nice not having fans in the stands because then there's no one trying to talk to you and asking for autographs and wanting pictures and all that stuff. I don't like any of that stuff. So uh, it's nice not having that for me. Most people like it. I don't like it.
0: Well, wow, that's interesting. Zach Granke of the Houston Astros doesn't like pictures and autographs. Um, that's why you get paid is is the whole thing. Uh, part
3: of me admires his honesty, but uh some things should not be said out loud. You shouldn't you go bang on a trash can, by the way, you cheater. Even if you I don't know if you cheated.
0: even if you think that occasionally, you've got to like run it through the your brain and say, Yeah, but you know, obviously. People being into me being here and wanting an autograph with me is why I get paid. People didn't care. I don't make any money. Well, people are stopping caring about sports. It might seem as uh, sports ratings have tanked across the board while cable news is thriving. The NBA had the lowest rated finals it has ever had. Uh, Coming off that, the NFL is also down. Now, people immediately go to, the well, people are watching on their phone. Well, it didn't all happen in one year. that's true. It wasn't all in one year Uh, that everybody decided to watch everything on their phone. Yeah. I didn't watch the NBA Finals this year. First time in my, since I was eight years old, I didn't watch any of the NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. And I don't have any idea why. It wasn't for politics. It wasn't for, wasn't anything for specific. I just didn't watch.
3: Yeah. Um. We were talking about this off the air um, in regard to a different topic, but ha- habits are hard to break. Good habits and bad habits are hard to break. I wish somebody had told me that when I was like 16. Um, you get out of the habit of following a sport, you sit there thinking, uh, do I want to get back into that? Uh, why would I? I'm, I'm yeah. doing fine. Yeah, that's
0: kind of where it's, I... It's, it's a I show. It's It's entertainment. The, the truth is that almost every league has faced plummeting ratings. In many cases, leagues have experienced record lows over the past couple of months. Uh, outside the WNBA, which is actually up 15%. For From some reason. nothing. <laughs> for some reason. The 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs, which just finished off, down 40% compared to last oh. year. Now, people just didn't all of a sudden decide,
3: I'm going to watch it on my phone since last year. 40%. Positive, Sean, our modern media consultant, that 40%. Just a ballpark, what percentage
4: of that can you explain away with alternate viewing methods? It's, it's really tough to say because there's just so many more variables in this, too, where for the first time in the history of all these sports, they're competing against each other at the same time as well. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah, there
0: used to be a rhythm to it in my yeah. life, you know? I didn't start watching the NFL until, or I wouldn't watch stop, start watching baseball until the NBA finals were over. Right. And I wouldn't w- start watching the NFL until the World Series was over, and it just kind of goes from Simply there.
4: from my anecdotal experiences of myself and my friends similar of age, none of us watch sports on, on broadcast television. Right. Mm-hmm. And but you just didn't start this in the last year, did you? No, no, I've been doing this for yeah. a couple of years now. Yeah. And with hockey,
3: there are a lot of Canadians who watch, and, and Canada doesn't even have power. Unless they yoke, I usually four moose to a turn wheel. It's like a syrup base. They system. lash, they lash the moose. They go around in the circle wow. and they generate power for one night a week so they can watch hockey.
0: So Stanley Cup, that's <laughs> hockey down forty percent. NBA lowest finals they've ever had. Final round of the golf's U.S. Open, three million viewers, lowest rated and least watched final round of the tournament ever. Down fifty five percent. Oh, it was really good, dude. Fifty five percent
3: in a year—you can't explain that by. Well, people are too busy working with the COVID. Wait, what? Huh? (laughs) The golf clubs, by the way, you can't get a tee time anymore. They're bursting at the seams. Boats, fishing lakes—she can't get in because of the COVID.
0: The Preakness on NBC was down fifty (laughs) six percent.
4: I don't think that's because the horses were kneeling.
0: Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> it's politics. It wasn't because of... the, 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 the horses
3: get down on one knee.
0: Not standing for this horn thing.
3: That's right. That horn means oppression <laughs> to horses. 56%. It actually does in a way, but that's anyway. A, that's
0: a <laughs> huge drop. Uh, last Saturday's Tennessee-Georgia game on CBS averaged $3 million, making it the highest rated most watched game of the season. However, the rating was still 21% lower than CBS's Week 6 game from last year. Um... Anyway. It was I funny, know. we were I talking if, I, don't, I don't know if they'll come back next
3: year. I have no idea. Yeah, we're we're actually you may find this slightly interesting. We're not supposed to talk about the radio rating system. Um, so we don't uh you know, prejudice anybody. Um it, I will tell you in the modern era it is getting more difficult. T V ratings exceedingly difficult. We were talking about polling earlier. It could be you just can't do polling anymore. For various, you know, technical reasons. It used to be you had access to every American household and could easily get a nice random sample by picking up the telephone and calling them at home. And they've tried to evolve with the times. It could be that you just can't anymore. I don't know.
0: Two million people watched game one of the ALCS. Two million people in this whole country. (sighs) Lowest ratings they've ever
3: had. Wow. It's not even really worth talking about something that 2 million people watched. Weren't the Yankees? Or the Yankees lost in round one. That's yeah, like okay.
0: a cable news show that's not that popular.
3: Times, they are a change.
0: The best masks I've seen, and they say Armstrong and Getty on them. You can get one at armstrongandgetty.com.
3: This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Privilege, quick point of personal privilege. Yes. I can handle things i'm smart!
1: This is Armstrong and Getty. Cool. He
0: is Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and
3: Getty Show. So, uh, I'm a golfer. You like the game? I do. Uh there's a uh, golf course outside of Denver, Evergreen Golf Course. I've never had the pleasure. I've played a few courses in that area,
4: but uh, you got the high altitude, you get a, little, a couple extra yards on your shots. Oh, That's always least. a good time. Yeah, I, think
0: I have played there for some reason. Evergreen golf I, course? I think so.
3: It could be. It's um it just says it's outside Denver. Like, you know, they don't bother to name the towns in the suburbs of Denver, but um <laughs> eh, eh, evidently they have elk roaming about. Uh, on this golf course, from time to time, and uh, these Sounds guys, lovely. The, it does sound lovely and, and scenic. But uh, a, a buddy of mine's a hunter. He goes up like once a year with some some pals up in the mountains of Montana. I think or I can't remember hunting for elk with bows and arrows. And he said one of the reasons it's so intense is they are giant animals that could absolutely bend you in half and
4: kill you. Um, and what if so they sense that I am not here to harm them? Easy woodland creature. <laughs> I tell you what, Sean, why don't you bring along your cameraman
3: you give that a try? We'll post that video at armstrongandgetty.com. Oh, you,
0: you didn't even get to see the hand gesture Sean has that goes along with that. Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> to was assure very... the beast that it, he means him no it's harm. It's like
3: he's it freaking Gandalf over there. <laughs> I am not your enemy,
4: my woodland friend.
3: You shall not pass. <laughs> So between the 16th and 17th hole, these fellows are, are playing, and a bull elk charged the golf cart that one Zach Bornhoft was riding in with a friend. My buddy gassed it to get away. The elk gored me on my right side, he said. The back of Bornhoff's right hip was gouged so deeply. Brace yourselves, friends. All right. His right hip, hip was gouged so deeply his left kidney was sliced in half.
4: Uh-huh.
3: That's going to leave a mark.
4: Woodland friend. <laughs> I was going to hurt you.
3: <laughs> a spokesperson for Denver
0: Parks. I ran Parks. into an elk at a bar. I woke up in a tub full of ice with my kidneys sliced in half.
3: And a note <laughs> with just a hoof print. A spokesman for Denver Parks and Rec said this is the first goring of a golfer in at least 15 years. Uh so they
4: gotta update the sign. There, fifteen yeah. years since the last, last elk goring. Exactly.
3: <laughs> ah we gotta take down to fifteen and <laughs> put the zero back. Back up. down
4: to zero. Where's the zero? <laughs>
3: uh, there's there are signs posted around the golf course warning golfers to stay away from the elk. Now, these guys apparently weren't doing anything wrong, but I, I myself am kind of a fan of people being gored by beasts that they get too close to yeah. to take their stupid selfies.
0: Easy woodland creature. That's my favorite thing of the day. That wow. is fabulous.
4: <laughs> Calm yourself.
3: And oh, then boy. this story uh, from our, our nation's prisons in a font so tiny. I it, Come on, Sean, do better. No, I think I can read it.
0: Why does a printer have the ability to print that small? That's what I don't get. I, I can't imagine.
3: Um, Two former detention officers and their supervisor were charged Monday after an investigation found inmates at the Oklahoma County Jail were forced to listen to the popular children's song, Baby Shark. shark. On a loop. This is Eddie Van Halen here. At loud volumes. For extended periods of time.
4: See that That's Eddie Van Halen. It is. Yeah, yeah. He wrote that. It's Sammy Hagar, right It's funny. It doesn't sound like him.
0: No wonder people don't like Van Hagar. This was them. David Lee Roth would have heard some of this song.
3: Grandma shark. There's a certain sameness to the verses. So they put this on a loop loud and played it over and over again at the inmates. At least four inmates were subjected subjected to the inhumane discipline. Uh, In November and December, according to the charge, they're forced to stand the entire time, hands cut behind them, secured to the wall. That doesn't sound nice. Uh, The DA charged them with misdemeanor counts of cruelty to a prisoner and conspiracy. Uh, You can get charged with conspiracy for about anything if there's more than one of you, right? Cruel and unusual punishment, Jack, as we've discussed many times on this show, uh, the Constitution. And frankly, if I could have gotten in Madison's ear, I would have suggested a bit of an edit, but too cruel or unusual. But, I mean, if somebody is beaten to death by clowns, that is cruel and unusual. But if the state of, say, Oklahoma declares henceforth anyone convicted of a capital offense will be beaten to death by clowns, now it's merely cruel, but it is usual. Mm -hmm. And it seems like an odd standard. On the other hand, if you're, I don't know, hanged by, you know, the state uh, queen, Miss Oklahoma, that would be unusual but it's not cruel if hanging is not cruel. So, uh, again, as a standard, it's kind of problematic. What do these guys do to deserve the baby sharking? <laughs> of course, the know. liberal media doesn't want you to know that. Maybe they're suitcases <laughs> and cell phones. I sound like uh, uh, Lisa Williams or Jenny Williams. What's her no, name? Wendy, Wendy w- Williams. Wendy, well, that's it. Oh, President Trump, don't be afraid of Cornova. She says Cornova not once but twice. How at this point could you not know how
4: to say the dis? Coronavirus. That's right, Cardi.
0: She says it once for each
4: enormous boob. <gasps> she is a professional talker, by the way. That was yeah. strange and sexist. There. She
3: is oddly strange. Mr. Armstrong to the wall and play baby shark at him for hours. Um a bunch of the it's top, better than that damn Cars for Kids song.
0: A bunch of the top <laughs> doctors in the world got together and signed off on a letter this week that should be, like, earth-shattering news. Should yes. be everybody's aware of it and discussing it news. You're unaware of it at all. I haven't come across it
3: anywhere except the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal. Well, by golly, you're going to hear it in a moment. Yeah, we'll
0: pass that along to you. It's, it's, it's more along the lines of what you've been thinking about the coronavirus. virus.
3: Well, that was terrific. Michael, transition music. Melbeck. Here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day. Continuing on with our uh, series from George Orwell. This one from Anna Mule Farm. No one believes more firmly than Comrade Napoleon that all animals are equal. He would be only too happy to let you make your decisions for yourselves. But sometimes you might make the wrong decisions,
4: comrades. And then where should we be? It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that book is actually
3: about animals. What are you talking about? It's about a talking pig named Napoleon. Just a theory I'm working charming. on. Charming. Uh, charming. Dear Debate Commission, writes Bill, just isn't that hard to have a fair debate, you dumbasses. Oh, see, wow. that's no way Jeez, to win friends yeah. and influence people, Billy Boy. Came out of the box a little hot. Yeah, <laughs> there, but let's uh, read on nonetheless. Two moderators, Trey Gowdy asks Joe Biden questions, and James Carville asks the president questions. Oh, I'd love that. i love that.
0: That'd be fantastic.
3: He said, if they're not available, other options, Gingrich Waters, Tucker, Wolf. <laughs> I think he means Wolf Blitzer. That would be Tucker, good. Tucker Carlson, Wolf. Uh, Joe Getty and Andrew Cuomo. Or not Andrew Cuomo, <laughs> the other Cuomo. The Chris. Is. Chris Cuomo, right. Or just ACB by yourself. You know what, Bill? You win. I don't know what you won. But that's that's a great idea. That'd be a, that'd be a debate people tune into. I have a clearly conservative journalist or uh, opinion maker and a, and a, and a liberal, because you've already got half of it there. <laughs> and that's not even a slight exaggeration. Moving along, Ken has uh, politics on his mind, too. Hey, guys, one thing Trump could do in the debate... You know what? I'm an idiot. You can ma- you can email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Mailbag armstrongandgetty. You're too hard on yourself, I never Joe. I never think it's The feature is email, and I don't tell people how to email. But you're not an idiot, Joe. I'm I'm bad at my job. Have you considered being good at your jobs? I'm considering it now. One thing Trump could do in the debate is bring in a stack of Hunter's emails and just start reading them.
0: Wham! <laughs> oh, jeez. Now uh, I've seen a bunch of your uh, experts claim they know what they're doing with this sort of stuff who think it'd be a, it's a bad idea, a bad strategy for him to get into that in the debate.
3: Focus on the economy, and uh, the recovery and shutdowns. If we were at a different point in the race, I would uh, I would disagree, but at this point, yes, you must make clear your vision for the next 4 years and attract people to it. Loathing Hunter Biden will not win an election or and I understand it's about uh, Joe being corrupt
0: yeah but what if you what if you say hey uh, hey pops uh, am I all right if I call you pop like your dad did your son did in the email
3: was that you he was referring to in that email about how pop will take half your money? How you skim? You skim 10 to 50% depending on the deal? I don't know. I don't know if that would work or not. Uh, let's see. You're missing the point, and Joe was shutting it down. Gentlemen, Joe Biden personally represents only 5% of the campaign's positive activity. The other 95% is driven day-to-day by staff, the Democratic Party, mainstream media, On the other hand, he represents 50% of the risk to winning. Hunter's probably the other 50% lol. The idea of Joe is much easier to sell than the actual Joe. Sure. To say nothing of Kamala. 5% upside, 50% downside. You'd keep him up, you'd keep him locked up too.
0: We got Carl Rove saying basically that same thing later
3: on the show. Good analysis, Ben.
0: Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty show.
3: Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Bill Here's a freedom-hating quote of the day from uh, Patrick in Sutter Creek. Huh, I just noticed his sign-off. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. I thought I'd send in anti-democratic quotes, he writes, until the election, because let's be honest... The best thing about democracy is that everyone gets a say, and the worst thing about democracy is that everyone gets a say. (laughs) To summarize Socrates' contention, he said we ought to think of the state like a ship. These are the words of the ancient Socrates. Who would you ideally want to decide who is in charge of the vessel? Just anyone or people educated in the rules and demands of seafaring? Why then should any of us, without any regard to level of skill, experience, or education, be allowed to select the rulers of a country? That's Socrates' argument against democracy. Yeah. Yeah, And I would remind you that in the Constitution, originally, uh, the legislatures uh, elected the Senate, um, and then the uh, the senators played a bigger role in presidential elections, blah, blah, blah. That is
0: why we aren't a democracy and are a republic. Yeah. At least there's, in theory, one level removed in between.
3: Democracy is another word, another term for mob rule. Um, and and there's a ro- there's a role for democracy in a republic, but it is not. It's it's treated like a religious, uh, um, like totem. The word democracy. Stop it. Uh, let's see. Moving along. Ah, uh, in another freedom-loving quote of the day about power from Drew the Millennial. I liked. It's from Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Gulag uh, Gulag Archipelago. Power is a poison well known for thousands of years. To a human who has some faith in a force which holds dominion over all of us and is therefore conscious of his own limitations, power is not necessarily fatal. For those, those, however, who are unaware of any higher sphere, it is a deadly poison. Mm. For them, there is no antidote. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Well, and Drew says, godless sociopaths who are unaware of their own limitations is a pretty solid description of most politicians and despots. Uh, Yeah, well said, Drew the Millennial. Uh, Not one but two mentions of geckos in mailbag today. <laughs> Claudia in beautiful Edmonds, Washington, is uh, pleased that you have a gecko and didn't hear whether Gekki returned safely yes. to the household. found him behind the bookcase. Yeah, Gekki is fine. Jack is now lizard guy. Uh, she also points out that indeed the murder nice hornets tattoos by the way. Thank you. The uh, murder hornets were captured in western Washington not eastern as I'd said. I apologize for the grievous error and uh, had assumed uh, incorrectly that they're out in uh, apple country. Anyway, uh, moving along, good morning guys. I have a gecko named Cricket Licker. That's picked the last two presidents correctly. <laughs> I put a dead cricket on a piece of paper with the names of each candidate. The cricket eats first is the winner. He picked Obama and Trump in the last two elections. I did it again, and guess what? He picked Trump.
0: I'll be darned. So,
3: so cricket liquor <laughs> has picked the next president. As good as some of the polls. <laughs> well, that was terrific. Michael, transition music.
5: Now I know this is, a, this is a term that triggers people, but we're a racist society. What you have to do is you've got to confront the reality of what the outcomes actually are, what the experiences are in people's daily lives. And so, you know, for us in a school district, you know, racism is much deeper than this, you know, sort of as an individual white person, not like an individual person of color.
3: Yeah, it's systemic racism, our entire system of the free market and voting and representative government, the Constitution, it must be torn down because it was built on racism that is the San Diego Unified uh, School District's uh, Veep Richard Barrera who's pushing this ridiculous new plan that uh, tape, courtesy of our, our longtime colleague, Mark Larson, on San Diego's Talk AM 760. Nice job, Mark. Uh, the idea, if you missed this story yesterday, is uh, a number of things. Uh, uh, some of them reasonable, some of them idiotic, like... Uh, There will be no uh, penalty whatsoever for not turning in work on time or not doing assignments or what have you. Just uh, the teacher will decide at the end of the year whether the student has mastered the subject under incredible pressure from their boss to make sure no black or brown kids ever fail. So in effect, and again, you know, and and, and, uh, uh, Thomas Sowell has some great quotes on this. Nobody ever asks whether programs work what the results are it's just the intentions but the results of this is that kids of color underprivileged whatever are going to be so untaught they're going to be underserved they're going to be coddled into lifelong ignorance it is a curse it is an oppression this is a terrible idea and he's he's part of the the no grades thing that guy uh well they're going to do grades differently Based on mastery of the subject, but they don't make it
4: clear how that's going and to And you don't have to happen. turn in your homework. Right, exactly.
3: Well,
4: those things will be reflected on your citizenship grade, whatever that is.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and it's of no s- significance and will not go to your grade point average. There will be no incentive for following rules to to learn to do your work in a timely way, which may be the single most important thing school beat into a guy like me.
0: Will anybody fail with those
3: uh Standards? No, absolutely not. And certainly not any kids of color. Or can you imagine if there are two kids in a math class who don't pass? They didn't do the work, they never mastered the subject, but they both have darker skin. That teacher that teacher would be committing career suicide in a district where the the head guy says what he's saying. That would be career suicide to let those families know, hey, your kid has not mastered math and really needs to learn it, Boy, or the, whatever topic.
0: The problem with it is even if you believe there's systemic racism going on today that caused that, that is the sole cause of why your kid doesn't know math, doesn't make any difference if your kid doesn't know math. They still don't know math. That
3: right. is still... Well, and you know the part that I despise the most about all this is, is how dis- incredibly insulting it is to the millions... And it's millions of proud black men and women, Hispanic men and women, whatever minority you are, who've excelled, they did, they've achieved, they've uh, pursued the American dream and found it, they've built wonderful things with their lives, they've innovated, they're smart, they're leaders, the rest of it. The idea that an entire school district is selling, saying to their kids, you can't. We need to coddle you. We have special rules for you. What kind of message does that send to a child? My God, it's if you get out of
0: school and you didn't learn anything, that's not helping anybody.
3: Yeah. What do you say to that, Barreri, you putz? Uh Let's see. Let's hear clip 34. What do you say to that, you putz? Yeah, I almost said something <laughs> stronger. I, I pulled it back from the brain. You
5: know this, and any one of us that has ever gotten to school hmm. has to be honest about this. The relationship between a teacher and a student is subjective and, you know, and can ultimately influence things like grades. And when we have a system and I'm not in any, you know, I'm, as you know, I'm as supportive of our teachers as, you know, anybody um, out there. No. But where we, where we have a system where, you know, the overwhelming majority of our teachers are white, but the majority of our students are Latino or African Okay, or but does, is, is that a big leap? We're certainly not saying that we're automatically assuming things, but we are looking at numbers. And knowing that the relationship between a teacher and a student can ultimately affect a student's grade, knowing that we've got a mismatch between the experiences of our students and the experiences of our teachers, and knowing that we have a disproportionate number of students of color who are receiving D's or S's compared to white students, it means there's a problem there. Right. You know know what?
3: You are a racist, uh, sir, and you're trying to make up for that, uh, the the subjective relationship by making it entirely subjective. What a strange philosophy.
0: The best masks I've seen, and they say Armstrong and Getty on them. You can get one at armstrongandgetty.com.
3: This is the
2: I'm Saleya Mosin,
1: And I'm David Gurra. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.